to the PM Mastery Podcast. This podcast is all about helping you master your project management skills by sharing tips, tricks, tools, and training to get you to the next level while sharing the stories of other project managers on their journey in project management. And now, here's your host, Walt Sparling. Welcome, everybody, to the current episode of PM Mastery. Today, I have a PM from Texas, Sylvia Flores. Welcome, Sylvia. Hello, everyone. So thank you to, for having me. Glad to have you. And we can thank Kurt for uh, setting us up. Absolutely. So let's start out with telling us a little bit about who you are. Well, um, I was actually born in Mexico. We moved to the U.S. approximately when I was about four or five. So I've lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area since then. Um, then I started the, the public school system here. So the U.S. is all I really know as far as um, where I come from and, and what I relate to. I started working in healthcare IT in 1993, give or take. And that's where I made my career. I've done a lot of traveling, implementing EHRs, and I've traveled through several areas across the U.S. in particular. And I've been doing that since the mid-1990s. I moved to Florida uh, around that time frame, and I chose to stay there. That's where I met my, my, uh, my husband at the time. And uh, we moved back to Texas in 2018 to be closer to my family. So what is an EHR? It's an electronic health record. Okay. So a system. It is a system. It's the electronic health record as it relates to what we used to, uh, if you have ever been to the hospital or worked with your physician on your treatments or whatever brought you to the doctor or to the hospital to begin with, uh, it's basically your history from beginning to end since you reported into for some kind of medical treatment or another. Okay. First I'd heard of that. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. A little more on, on your title and, and your job description, you like size a company, et cetera. Sure. I currently work as an IT EHR business analyst. You know, like I mentioned before, I've been in healthcare IT since the mid 1990s. As a business analyst, um, I'm currently working in senior care. This is the long-term care. This is where um, uh, skilled nursing comes in. So this is more so for the elderly population. And it's a big difference from the acute setting. The acute setting is where you traditionally think of hospitals uh, as far as you know, having different service lines whether it be pediatrics or cardiology, uh, where you have surgeries, this is a whole lot different. This is actually a little bit what I call chill. Um, there's not a whole lot going on. This is um, from a senior care perspective, um, just making sure that everybody is, uh, is comfortable and their, their healthcare needs are being met. This particular organization that I work for is very small too, uh, by my standards, by by hospital standards. So the, the whole organization is just a little bit over 3,000 employees across three states. Um, and the business analyst role now is, is maybe a little bit deceiving 
currently because it's it's not only being the business analyst, but it's also executing on the projects that we have. Okay. And I noticed in the notes that when you first move moved out, you were working as a business analyst and a project manager, kind of a combined role. Yes. Um, when we moved back to Texas in 2018, I took on um, uh, more like reinventing myself. You know, what, what did I want to morph into? And, and I decided to go into being a business analyst because two reasons. Um, one, within the organization I was in in Florida, that was a fairly new role. In that particular role, the only business analyst that we had at that time came from my team um, when we supported the EHR. That particular role came from a member. Um, one of my members of my team became the business analyst for that division. So I thought that was um, pretty insightful. I wanted to do something similar because I did. Uh, it did appeal to me as far as um, trying to resolve or identify what an optimal solution would look like. And when I came on board to one of the acute organizations here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I came on as a business analyst. That particular role that I took on morphed for me. It may not have morphed or was not a standard um, progression for the role itself unless you chose it. But for me, it morphed because I was the business analyst at the time, and there was actually a shortage of project managers within our organization to execute on the projects. So as a business analyst, I wrote out all the requirements and documented all the requirements that are that were needed. So who better to run and execute the project than the person that did all the research about it? Um, I may not have understood why there was two separate roles, but for me, they allowed me to um, take on the PM role as well as the business analyst role, which was pretty exciting for me. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there would be uh, any kind of conflict of interest. If you if you knew that was your normal job, where you were both the business analyst analyst and the project manager you could probably justify the project better as being on the analyst side. Absolutely. And one of the other things that I think was a great benefit and being able to uh, approach the project from both ends is that I was able to identify first where we might experience some issues or some obstacles or something that needed to get flushed out and worked through. So I was able to see that in advance by, by serving that role first. So healthcare, IT, business analyst, project manager. So what drives you to do this? Healthcare in particular has always been, um, for me, something that has interested me from a business perspective. So I was definitely a business major all the way through college into my master's. Um, and I chose healthcare because I knew that that was something that in the long run, we're all going to need that service. And it was a great way for me to um, acknowledge those services that healthcare offers. And in a way, even though not being a clinician, it was a way for me to help as well. And now with the various positions, uh, business analyst, project manager, 
healthcare in, in general. How do you how do you keep up or continue to learn? I do a lot of reading on LinkedIn with the various technology impacts to healthcare. Um, I do love the motivational aspect of healthcare. And I do um, tend to migrate towards those folks that lead and inspire. Um, so I do try to keep up with some of those uh, leaders, if you will, on LinkedIn that make a great impact. I do admire that. Um, in addition, there's certain things within not just healthcare, but just in general, some, some different types of knowledge that has emerged as new roles or new um, new positions. There's some things that surfaced that didn't exist 15 years ago. So I want to make sure that I can at least keep up with some of those trends. And I do sign up and take courses on, on um, I guess it, it, some people pronounce it uh, Udemy and some folks Udemy. So there, there's different um, courses that I take online, and one of them is going to be uh, the Six Sigma, as well as Visio. And there's, um, I think there's another one that I'm interested in. Um, SQL is the other one mm. that I'm going to be. Okay, the database. Yes. Yep. So Udemy and I pronounce it Udemy um, yeah. and LinkedIn are both excellent resources for taking classes and, and learning stuff. They, they cover so many industries and so many topics. I have more classes saved in my to do in LinkedIn than I will probably ever get to because they keep sending me recommendations for new ones every week. And I'm like, Oh, that's a good one. I'll say, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm the same way. Well, I'm, I'm totally the same way. What it does do though, is when a topic comes up and I feel like I could brush up on something, I'll go to my list and go, what, what have I got saved in here? Does any of this apply? Like, right. oh, yeah, that's a good one there. Right. So phenomenal stuff on there. Love both of those. Absolutely. Uh, so now you do a lot of agile type projects? I, you know, and that was one of the things that I started to migrate to. Uh, you know, I, I used to uh, kid with, with Kirk a lot saying, you know, that things just don't move fast enough or, um, you know, why, why do we have to be so methodical on some of the things that we do? Um, some things are very straightforward and I don't understand why we have to go through the, what I call the pump and circumstance of it. Um, so uh, I started to look into Scrum, one of the agile methodologies for project management. And I thought, man, this is really cool. So Scrum is basically executing on a project, but instead of trying to get to the end result and only identify the end result and you're all, and you're done when the end result is in place, Scrum is different where you're actually identifying interim goals and adding functionality and producing something useful all the way along until it reaches that imperfect goal that you were looking for. So it's, it's I describe it like, like a 
like a, like building a car. You know, you know you're going to build a car, and you know you needed to get from point A to point B. But instead of going through the, the process of, okay, let's plan it out. We're going to do the engineering. Um, okay, then we're going to take it through the assembly line. What Scrum does, it, it gives something functional until you reach the car. So you might start off with the with a doom buggy. You might start off with, um, you know, uh, just something bare and minimum that's still going to get you from point A to point B. It's still functional. It's something you can use. It's not the perfect end car that we're uh, that we're going to reach eventually. But at every step of the way with Scrum, you're producing something useful, something functional. You're adding value as you go. Yeah, the, I don't do much with Agile, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm more since I work in the construction world, it's mm-hmm. uh, pretty much waterfall. But there are agile aspects that can be implemented, like the design portion, because yeah, it's similar. You you wanna you're gonna design, you're gonna start with an idea, and that design is gonna ebb and flow as you go, and it, it might not end up exactly where you thought it was when you started. Correct. Once you get into the field though, and now you're taking what's on paper and you're building it, it's pretty much waterfall. You might have like the you could have daily stand-ups for what's going on that day. And Correct. you can have a, a today and, and what is it? Day? They have the parking lot. They have the now and what's the next step? Yes, they have backlog and the, yeah. yes. So I'm still trying to get a better handle on that and how I could utilize that in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. And some of the firms out there, some of the co- contractors already do a little bit of their own agile practice, which is good. It's sometimes interesting when you get in conversations with folks and it's like agile is the way or waterfall is the way and it's like don't don't get your mind so boxed into one way absolutely absolutely i mean in construction you still have to start with a foundation you can't go anywhere else until you have the foundation in place so uh, i know in uh, at least in the prior role that i was in when i first moved here in that one company um that morphed, that became the, the BA and then into PM. One of the things that I saw interesting that was started to happen was they started to create hybrid projects. Yes. So, you, yeah. So it's like, okay, all right, everybody gets it. That's good. That's good. Because I think there's a great place to apply waterfall and agile. I think they're, they, they almost have to work concurrently. Um, to really take advantage of the best parts of both of them. Yeah. And I actually just read an article on PMI's website about that, about hybrid. And it seems to be that a lot more projects are moving in that direction Mm -hmm. than just one or the other. Okay. Let's see. Some of the, no, no matter what we do, no matter what job, whether it's analyst, PM, construction or IT, you got challenges to deal with. So what are some of the biggest challenges you have dealt with recently or that you are dealing with right now? Um, One of the biggest challenges I faced in in prior um, roles and prior organizations was so much going on. There's always something in healthcare that 
takes priority and everybody's priority was number one. And you really can't have 10 number ones. So uh, one of the biggest challenges was just trying to ensure that everything stays afloat to make sure that everything gets the attention that it deserves. Um, it was a matter of opinion, how much attention something deserves. So trying to manage the expectations of some of those stakeholders is always very challenging. The people aspect of what we do is very challenging. The challenge that I'm having now with my current role is the opposite. It's the lack of challenges. So I went from a fast pace, hurry, 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 constant hustle and bustle of an environment to senior care, where again, it's chill environment. You're, you're not gonna implement um, pediatrics in senior care. You're not gonna, you know, there's a lot of services that, that senior care does not have that existed in the hospital setting that kept us busy. So now it's almost the opposite. It's like a lack of challenges. Um, and I'm probably one of those personalities that needs to have something always going. And so I might have to do the shaking myself. I might have to go seek out my own challenges. Yeah, that uh, I can say that I haven't been in a job like that for a while. You did, I see I, something in your notes about, and maybe this is something you need to look at again, is uh, doing something on your own. You mentioned that you invented a product. Yes, I did. Um, I invented a product. It's, an, it's a tablet accessory. At the time that I thought this up, it was very particular to the iPad just because it was the biggest invention at that point, the iPad itself and some of those Apple products. And I invented an accessory for it, and I called it the eyeball, um, where it's an ergonomically um, correct or ergonomically soothing tablet holder that also serves as storage, and um, it can also serve as a as a prop to actually put it on a desk or a tabletop or a counter, whatever the case may be. So it was a multi-purpose type of accessory for the iPad. And I got so far as to get a design patent for it at the time, but I really, 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 really want to seek out a utility patent for it. So um, I'm interested in, in maybe knowing a little bit more about pursuing licensing for it. It's going to be very difficult and has been very difficult for me to pursue manufacturing it on my own. Um, so the, that's kind of what I'm looking at. And there's a lot of ideas floating around in my mind as well for other inventions. Okay. Well, that's cool. That should help mm -hmm. take up some of your time. Absolutely. <laughs> there are resources out there. I've seen that they'll, like, if you want to manufacture something that they will hook you up they'll like do research. And of course, a lot of these places are in China, but mm -hmm. they'll hook you up with a company and walk you through getting that done. Cause it, it's amazing. The, the products that have come out in the last few years, when you have systems yes. like uh, was GoFundMe and um, what's the one. Oh, they design Kickstarter. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yes. So you can actually put it out there and, and get interest. And if they are serious about it, they'll give you money. And that proves how interested they are. So that's another 
option to get get the funding to get it off yes. the ground. No, that would be amazing. So speaking of an iPad, iPad is an awesome tool. What tools do you use in your job, whether it be software, hardware, you know, anything that helps you get your job done? Well, definitely the technology itself with respect to laptops and computers is your number one go-to tool. From a software perspective, especially when I embarked on being a PM, uh, the Microsoft project was obviously one of the big ones that the that I used. Um, that one has a lot of functionality. And I don't know if I've even begun to tap into that functionality for Microsoft Project. Um, but uh, that's also a very important tool and a, a favorite one for project management. But I have to tell you that my favorite ones are the ones that have been most impactful for me to be a little bit more efficient and to tell a story with respect to the project has been Visio, where we're flowcharting some of the processes and we're flowcharting the data flow, whatever we need to know as far as how this is gonna go uh, to paint a picture has been really impactful. Uh, There's a lot of visual folks within healthcare, and I'm sure everywhere in whatever industry. And and when you can tell a picture and show, you know, some of that information, it kind of resonates with folks a little bit better. They kind of, oh, yeah, okay, I see it now. I see what you're saying. Um, So so Visio has been one of the the most impactful tools. Um, I hadn't used that before I became a PM. The other one has been OneNote and trying to organize agendas and my meeting minutes and um, even some tasks from the project plan, um, trying to organize it and, and basically put it in bite-sized pieces for whomever may need it at that point has been a very useful tool to help me stay organized and keep some documentation handy and be able to disseminate that information to whoever needs it. Yeah, OneNote is super popular. Mm -hmm. I just did a blog post on it, just the basics of getting a project set up. There's a lot of people are like, okay, OneNote's cool. How do do I set up a project? I don't even know where to start. Right, right. And then then anything that keeps me connected. I, I am definitely an extrovert. I am a social butterfly sometimes, and anything that keeps me connected um, is is another tool that I fully take advantage of. So whether it was Skype at the time, whether it's Teams, wherever I can chat and pick up, you know, just start typing and reaching out to people, that's that's been a very impactful tool as well, Um, especially if there is a project going on and we need to stay in touch and it, it makes sense to be in touch more real time than to say schedule a meeting. So that's been very impactful as well. Yeah. And since COVID teams has really blossomed, right? We, yes. We, we made the switch from Skype to teams, like right in the early days of uh, the pandemic mm-hmm. and course getting used to the new platform and getting people to you know we had them both running for a little while and we finally got moved over and then man teams well zoom was huge, zoom uh, was huge. and uh then teams started to catch up and now they've made so many enhancements i'm in teams all day mm-hmm. 
between chatting and meetings and video conferences, it's constantly going. Yes. So that is definitely a good one. So OneNote, common, Teams common. Visio, I don't think anyone else has brought up Visio. I remember back in the networking days, used to use Visio for doing diagrams. One of my favorite is uh, Snagit. And mm-hmm. it's more of just a presentation tool to put together graphics because what we do as PMs is so important to communicate effectively and clearly and being able to do screenshots or Google map shots and then throw on some notes about a site or a building or super, super handy. Yes. Good deal on the tools. All right. Well, I'm glad you took the time out. Um, Kurt will appreciate this too. Cause I know he, he had told me about you uh, right after we did his and I'm glad you, you did uh, agree to do it. It's always good to see some different, uh, different positions, different locations, and different experiences, um, how we grow. Because project management is not typically something that someone in high school says, I want to grow up and be a project manager. Right. That's so true. So it's interesting how we, how we get into, the, into these uh, positions. Well, I do appreciate your time. Do you have anything else you want to add or ask? No, no, this is great. And well, thank you so much for uh, having such a forum so that we can get a little bit more insight from others and um, participate and, and share our stories. So I do appreciate your time as well. Well, I am glad to have you. And speaking of that, I have started, I put together some information on, on a project management mastermind. So it's a, it would be a Zoom meeting. And it would basically be an opportunity for five or six folks that are PMs or wanting to be a PM or something to get online and talk about project management, struggles they deal with, things they want to learn, et cetera. And I just want to put it out there for those that are listening. You can go to the website. There is a link for the mastermind on the menu bar. Check it out and reach out to me if you're interested in getting involved in that. Had a couple awesome. of people. It'd be good to get enough so we can go ahead and kick it off. And with that being said, I want to thank you again and thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of PM Mastery. Thanks for listening to the PM Mastery podcast at www.pm-mastery.com. Be sure to subscribe in your podcast player. Until next time, keep working on your craft.